Hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Uh, like I was talking to Logan just before we got on here, wasn't going to be that crazy of a show. We talk about the conference championships game. NFL PA Collegiate Bowl happened on Saturday as well. and uh, But then everything just blew up, and we got breaking news left and right. So we'll get into that after we break down the games. Um, and then all, all the other coaching carousel stuff going on in the NFL. Got some injury news. Uh, a lot of injury news for for next year or, or this offseason to talk about. Uh, but going to start off in college here. NFL, PA Bowl, Collegiate Bowl. Obviously, it is the Senior Bowl this weekend. We have the East-West Shrine Bowl on Thursday as well this week. Um I don't know if you watched any of this, Logan, on Saturday, but uh, it is not the NFLPA Bowl Collegiate Bowl. It's the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. Uh, extra bowl in there. But I watched some of it. wasn't too invested. Um, I was kind of mad. I didn't realize that Sean Clifford was playing. I didn't get to watch him. Um, the quarterbacks I did watch were Ehlers, Centeo, uh, Lindsey Scott and Adrian Martinez. I didn't get to see Clifford or Malik Cunningham. But we will get to see Malik Cunningham because from his uh, collegiate bowl play in practice, he was offered a senior bowl invite. So we will be seeing Malik Cunningham in Mobile, um, which we'll talk about the other quarterbacks as they are there, which they finally dropped that um, this weekend. But uh, Holton Ehlers led the American squad to the 1917 win over the national team. Uh, Ehlers, ECU guy, 9 of 12, 75%, 189 yards, a touchdown. Four carries for 18 yards, obviously, when you're talking all-star games. Never going to be massive statistically, um, but that's a pretty good line as it comes to all-star games anyways he was pretty pinpoint and he hit a big ball that should have ended up in a touchdown probably um even if not on that play but jason brownlee stripped um right before the goal line kind of and uh the american team lost that possession uh for the National team, their leading passer was Todd Santeo from James Madison. Three of nine, 33.3%, 64 yards, a touchdown, and a fumble. Lindsey Scott uh, being the only FCS quarterback there. Uh, he showed what uh, we knew he could do on the ground. Five carries, 31 yards. Uh, led the... the um, national team in rushing, actually. Or, no, the American team. Never mind. Titus Swen led the American team in rushing. But still, 31 yards, 5 carries for Lindsey Scott. Knew he could run. Struggled with turnovers, though. Had two on the day. Um, You know, he's kind of a developmental guy anyways, so... Uh, otherwise, Wyoming's Titus Swen 
Like I said, he led the game in rushing for the American team. Eight carries, 73 yards, four carries, 22 yards. He had back-to-back uh, angry run-worthy plays from, from Good Morning Football there. Um, he he was a, had a pretty nice day there. And want to mention, even though he, it wasn't the greatest day, but leading the national team in rushing was Emmanuel Wilson. Fort Valley State, Emmanuel Wilson, four carries, 16 yards there. I mentioned Jason Brownlee, Southern Miss wide receiver for the American team, led the game in receiving three catches, 78 yards, but that fumble, luckily it didn't cost the American team uh, the game, but it was uh, kind of a negative check on on his play in this one, uh, fumbling a couple yards from the goal line. Um, otherwise, you know, defense, it was, they didn't, uh, accumulate or record any tackle statistics or anything like that. So don't know what those were, but do have some turnovers. The big one was Americans, uh, Georgia Tech's linebacker, Allende Ely, uh, five yard fumble return for a touchdown that really sparked the American comeback. And then the national team had three turnovers. Uh, Western Michigan's linebacker Zaire Barnes had a pick. And then Michigan State's corner Amir Speed and Texas Tech's uh, running linebacker Creshawn Merriweather both had fumble recoveries. So, yeah. A couple of guys got actually invited from this game to the Senior Bowl. Um, I believe... Grant Dubose, Charlotte wide receiver, was another one uh, that got invited from this game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see uh, Malik Cunningham <clears throat> get some more work during Senior Bowl week because I know that um, some teams have been asking to see him at some other positions, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where he works out at. Uh, Okay. NFL, NFC Championship, Go Birds, Eagles, 31-7. The class of the NFC dominating the 49ers. Brock Purdy injured on the first possession for San Francisco. And people are like, you know, this was cakewalk for the Eagles. They haven't been tested yet in the playoffs. Uh, they got to play Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that on Friday. But I'm just saying that... They did get tested. Maybe their defense didn't get tested, but their offense for sure got tested because it was 7 nothing for a while, and then the Niners even tied it up after Purdy got hurt, um, and the Eagles really couldn't get much going, but they just kept to what they do, run the ball efficiently, and they slowly ground down the 49ers' defense. Uh, that offensive line kept leaning harder and harder all day. And the the Niners' defense eventually broke a couple times there. So I think their offense is galvanized with the, this performance anyways. Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting discussion going on right now kind of on NFL Twitter and stuff. Um and to me, I just think the discussion is weird about, you know, did the, did the Eagles deserve it? Did they get a cakewalk? The Eagles were the best team in the NFC all year. 
Um, they have proved their, themselves. Um, and they deserved this by putting themselves in a position to be here. Um, injuries are a part of the game. It just is what it is. And yeah, is it lucky that they played Josh Johnson and then Josh Johnson got hurt and they played Brock Purdy, who literally couldn't throw the ball? Yeah, I mean, it is, but that's, they've still earned that that place in the Super Bowl by putting themselves in a position um, uh, to kind of earn that luck. So I think, you know, it's a very deserving win for the Eagles. Do I think the game is much different um, if, you know, if Brock Purdy stays healthy? For sure. I I think that it's different. I think that you would have seen a little bit closer of a game. Um, I think that, you know, the gap wouldn't be as wide. Um, But, yeah, you know, I don't think there should be any question about, you know, the Eagles somehow now are, are fraudulent just because um, they had uh, the good fortune of playing a banged up Niners team. Um, they're still a very good football team, top to bottom, and that's why they're in the dance. So, yeah, I still think that they would have won, like you said, though, probably closer. Um, but, yeah. I've been saying it all year long. They're going to win the Super Bowl and one one game away. So, uh, two weeks for, for Lane Johnson, and he's really the only – well, Landon Dickerson got banged up, which we'll talk about. But other than Landon Dickerson and Lane Johnson, they really don't have any glaring injuries um, to speak of. So just rest for those couple guys. I, know, I think Jason Kelsey might have been a little nicked up going into this one but nothing serious so yeah they're as healthy as they can be right now um at this point in the year which is good to see uh jalen hurts led the game in passing 15 of 25 60 percent 121 yards 11 carries 39 yards a touchdown um josh johnson coming in for brock purdy 7 of 13 53.8 74 yards a fumble and then Purdy, 4 of 4, 23 yards and a fumble. Christian McCaffrey led the game in rushing. 15 carries, 84 yards, a touchdown. Four catches, 22 yards, uh, and 0 for 1 on his lone pass. Uh, Eagles running back Miles Sanders scoring twice in this one. 11 carries, 42 yards, two touchdowns, one catch for three yards. Uh, and then Eagles wide receiver Devontae Smith, he led the game in receiving. Two receptions, 36 yards, three targets with a little asterisk maybe on that one. But <laughs> it's in the record books as a catch. So, <laughs> And defensively, how can you not go with the most dominant player in this game? Uh, that is not Nick Bosa because he didn't really have that great of a game. Eagles linebacker Hassan Reddick, three tackles, two solos, two sacks, one tackle for loss, one QB hit, forced fumble, and a fumble recovery. He was the one that injured Brock Purdy on that drive. Yeah, I mean, just a complete game from Reddick, and that's got to be one of, if not the best signings of the offseason. Yeah. 
Uh, the Eagles covered minus three under 44 and a half. I know, uh, I, get, I think people were mad like last week um, with the Eagles game where they scored 38 last week and the under still hit. They scored 31 this week and the under still hits. <laughs> Uh, AFC title game here. Chiefs headed back to their third Super Bowl in four years. Uh, 23-20 over the Bengals. Patrick Mahomes finally gets that monkey off his back. Gets a win against Joe Burrow. Um, and he did it gimpy. But, again, I thought his ankle was going to be fine. And it was... He only really limped around a couple times that I saw, so. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, you would have seen a little bit more mobility um, from him uh, if his ankle was 100% um, or maybe a little bit more design rollouts, things like that. But, yeah, it looked much better than it did in the divisional round, which is promising for the Chiefs fans. Um, but, yeah, I mean – you can't talk about this game to some extent without addressing kind of the elephant in the room, which is how terrible the officiating was <laughs> during this game. I am not going to get down this rabbit hole of people, the conspiracy theorists saying, you know, the NFL is rigged, you know, that there are no script writers. There is no, but the NFL certainly has an officiating problem. I mean, this is one of the most poorly officiated games I've seen in a while. And these are supposed to be the best of the best. You know, this is the second most important game of the year. Second only to the Super Bowl. Um, there were a lot of missed calls. Um, I don't think the calls that they did make um, were egregious. Um, obviously, the biggest one being... Uh, the one on Osai at the end, that is a late hit. It, mm -hmm. it just is, and, and you have to call it. Um, but I think the issue is is that throughout the game, there were a number of missed calls, um, and the uneven calling, um, you have to be consistent in your calling. It, it almost feels as though you need to, before the game starts, all right, look, are we going to let them play, or are we going to kind of by the letter of the law, be on top of it. And you have to make that decision. You have to be consistent with it throughout the game so that the teams know how they're supposed to be playing. And it just didn't feel like they did that. Um, and it just felt like they didn't have much handle on the game, even just the simple stuff like blowing plays dead. When they gave Mahomes that fifth down, I mean, <laughs> I, I can't imagine <laughs> the thought process I mean, I've I felt for Bengals fans, obviously, as a Packer fan, you know, we've been a part of some very fluky elimination games. Um, 2014 certainly still has a scar in my mind, but I, I couldn't imagine kind of that feeling. Um, but yeah, the NFL isn't rigged. There is no conspiracy to get Mahomes to the playoff, but the NFL needs to be very aware that it has to up its officiating game. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, that, that call specifically, I mean, they replayed it, and you showed the ref went in mm-hmm. trying to get the, the play stopped, but the players kept going, and with how loud Kansas City is, no one could hear, I guess. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, Joseph Osai, absolutely terrible play at the end of the game. Um, feel for him though. It's a lot of weight on him and blame on him that they lost. Yeah, but you know it's it's one play. You know you can't can't harp on one play. It's one play that lost you a, a conference championship game. But you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean that's the nature of the game too. Sometimes it's really cruel. Is that Osai had a pretty good year and he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, all anybody's going to remember is that final play, which is unfortunate. So hopefully he rebounds. He's still a very young player, so he has a, a long career in front of him. So he'll have some chances to make up for that, for sure. Yeah, so diving into the stats here, Patrick Mahomes led the game in passing 29-43, 67.4%, 326 yards, two touchdowns, a fumble. Uh, that was just... I had no idea. How did he even do that? Yeah. Like, just like, slipping. I don't know. Yeah, eating popcorn on the sideline before that or what? Yeah, I saw Larry tweet that. Uh, guy said Joe Burrow was casting spells on the sideline like Doctor Strange. <laughs> Dude, it was like the ball just literally fell out of his hand. Uh, but, but yeah, and then obviously Mahomes had the key run that no one thought he would be able to do uh i really didn't even think he's gonna get the first down because he started turning the corner and i was like there's no way i was like the linebackers are gonna get there before he does get the first down and they didn't (laughs) and he got a couple extra yards before that late hit um joe burrow though 26 of 41 63.7.4 percent 270 yards one touchdown two picks Four carries for 30 yards. Um, neither team could run the ball at all, uh, as Joe Burrow led the game in rushing. <laughs> Pacheco, though, Isaiah Pacheco for the Chiefs rookie. He led the non-quarterbacks in rushing. Uh, 10 carries, 26 yards. Five carries, 59 yards on six targets. Uh, how about MVS? 100-yard playoff performance for him when uh, the Chiefs had no receivers. <laughs> Juju went down. Uh, Kadarius Tony got injured. They didn't have Justin Watson because he was inactive with the illness. So MVS stood up and said, I got you, Pat. Uh, six catches, 116 yards, a touchdown on eight targets in this one. Um I said, I was telling my roommate, I was like, Packers fans are punching air right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm conflicted. You know, MBS was kind of a great personality in Green Bay. Great, um, you know, teammate by by all accounts. But, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a lot of, man, wish we we got a little bit some of that (laughs) when we were in our our kind of playoff – scenarios but you know it, it's i it, it's one of two things it's either you know it's, he just showed up had a good game or 
the Chiefs asked him to do more, and he stepped up to the plate. Um, I know that there were some comments on Packers Twitter that he seemed to be doing more stuff than the Packers uh, asked of him, which could be more of an indictment on the coaching staff not utilizing him um, in ways that maximize his skill set. But either way, great game for him and really key to um, their win because, like you said, I mean, they were they were down. Um, down to their last few guys at that position, but they were still able to move the ball because of him. Yeah, Nicole Hartman got banged up too in his uh, return mm-hmm. from IR. Uh, Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins, he had a double-digit target day, six catches, 83 yards, a touchdown on 11 targets. And Kelsey, of course, scored um, one me 60 bucks on the first touchdown of the game, which was nice. <laughs> uh, defensively, how can you not go with Chris Jones and – I know the Defensive Player of the Year award is a regular season award, but Chris Jones said, I do deserve to be there, sir. Um, when we were questioning that on our Saturday show. Four tackles, three solos, two sacks, three tackles for loss, and five QB hits on Burrow. Chiefs cover minus two, under 48 and a half. XFL news, just one signing. It's it's pretty big news. The Orlando Guardians, they have a new quarterback. They have signed Paxton Lynch. So uh, he has resurfaced um, from his cave. So Paxton Lynch getting another opportunity there. NCAA news, coaching carousel. Uh, interesting decision. Washington offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb has turned down Nick Saban's offer to come down to Tuscaloosa and be his offensive coordinator, uh, replacing Bill O'Brien, who went to the Patriots. So they Alabama's OC's job still open. Very in- interesting. You wonder if having Michael Penix kind of plays into that and just feeling like maybe knowing what you have versus having a new quarterback in Bama... Mm-hmm. Played into that. Yeah. Uh, Senior Bowl quarterbacks, we do have the lists of who are on each team. Uh, National team quarterbacks, that's going to be Malik Cunningham, Jake Hayner, and Jaron Hall, I believe. Oh, and then. uh, So I'm excited for that, Um, mostly because my boy Jake Hayner. I love me some Hayner. Uh And then the American quarterbacks, Max Duggan, Hendon Hooker, Clayton Toon, and how about Shepard's Tyson Bagent? Um, he is going to be a story, I believe, in, in Mobile this week. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's always cool when you see a uh, kind of uh, – the D2, D3 guys kind of get a chance. I loved seeing my alma mater, D3, uh, UW-Whitewater has sent, I believe, two, two O-linemen um, to the Senior Bowl now. So mm-hmm. it's always fun. Um, it's one of the really cool things about the Senior Bowl is to kind of highlight some of those smaller school guys um, who don't normally get to play on a national stage but get to showcase their talents um, in Mobile. Yeah, I think he and Hendon Hooker are the two quarterbacks I'm looking at on the American team specifically. And Mark, Mark has obviously um, some firsthand experience watching Tyson. 
as he was at Shepard uh, last year. Transfer portal, we just got two updates here. Uh, Colorado quarterback J.T. Shrout, he has committed to Arkansas State, new Red Wolf there. And then uh, Louisville wide receiver Braden Smith is entering the transfer portal. Grad transfer, going to play his last year somewhere else. NFL news, general stuff here. Dolphins not expected to pursue Bucks quarterback Tom Brady if he does return for 2023. Uh, sticking with Tua Tagovailoa there. The Packers league sources are convinced that the Packers uh, are preferring to move on from quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he also mentioned on the Pat McAfee show today that there are conversations going on that he is not a part of right now internally. So he said, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's frustrating as a Packers fan because there's all this kind of <laughs> – there's no other way to put it. Toxic comments and speculation. I mean – by all accounts, the way I see it is the Packers front office is just doing its job. I mean, their franchise quarterback is currently weighing three options, and that's to either return to the Packers, seek a trade, or retire. So the 365 NFL front offices are working. Mm -hmm. And when you have that big of a decision, you need to make sure you have contingencies for all of that. So, of course, they're having conversations that he's not a part of because it's just it's just the nature of the game. Um, but, yeah, it, it's interesting. I hope that I don't have to suffer through this this talk very long and they'll uh, decide what's going to happen here moving forward. But uh, I, I doubt it's going to happen. I think it's still going to get dragged out for at least at least a few more weeks. Uh, combine is where uh, where trades go down. So, yeah. Uh, the Jets, speaking of trades, are exploring trades uh, this off season, specifically surrounding Raiders quarterback Derek Carr and Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. So, we'll see what happens in New York. Derek Carr has a has a timetable on his already, uh, which is. The combine or no, this was the Super Bowl, wasn't it? I don't know if they put it. I didn't hear anything about them putting a timeline on. Yeah, because he has a he has some guaranteed money coming, and mm. I believe it's relatively soon. So it's either Super Bowl or combine. Uh, and just transitioning to that, Raiders quarterback Derek Carr and. Quarterback Derek Huntley, uh, Ravens quarterback Tyler Huntley, and 49ers running back Christian McCaffrey all named to the Pro Bowl. Um, again, I was speaking with someone this weekend, and I told them Tyler Huntley could be into the Pro Bowl uh, because he was the fourth alternate. Derek Carr, the fifth alternate, I assume, uh, <laughs> going into the spot of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Tyler Huntley filling in for Josh Allen. So, yeah. No clue how Tyler Huntley got to the Pro Bowl because that offense absolutely atrocious when he was in there. But, yeah. cool. 
we won't be watching anyways so <laughs> at least i won't be <laughs> i'll watch it because there is nothing else on uh cowboys head coach mike mccarthy he is going to call plays in 2023 we'll talk about where kellen moore went in a second we have the salary cap number for this upcoming new league year it is 224.8 million uh that is up a lot from 2022 208.2 million was the cap last year so um you know 16.6 extra million dollars to uh to spend here that's you can get one or maybe even two good players for that money yeah you're gonna see a lot more inflated contracts though to go with it so there, there'll be yeah. some trade there got a couple quarterbacks coming down the line this year uh and then the eagles announced today their jerseys they will be wearing for super bowl 57 it is not this one they're wearing their midnight green jerseys because the nfc is the designated home team this year um as it alternates every year so they decided to go with their green jerseys probably gonna wear white pants but not confirmed yet yeah it's gonna be a good jersey on jersey matchup i feel yeah Okay, coaching carousel NFL here. The Broncos have a new head coach finalizing a blockbuster deal. I haven't heard, I haven't seen anyone use that uh, name for this deal yet. I think it is a blockbuster, though. Yeah. Blockbuster deal to with the Saints to hire Sean Payton as their next head coach. The Broncos, I didn't make a trade slide, but the Broncos get Sean Payton and a 2024 third round pick. The Saints get a 2023 first, which will be the 49ers pick, number uh, 29 overall, and then a 2024 second. So, I mean, you get the third back, but a one and a two a lot for a coach yeah yeah you know it's an interesting discourse about you know is that worth it for a coach is it i think it is um and this is coming from a guy who thinks that throughout this whole process uh sean payton's kind of become a little overrated um but finding a franchise head coach is the second hardest thing to do in the league second only to finding a franchise quarterback. Um, So to me, it's definitely worth the first round pick, especially when you're picking late first. I mean, the 29th pick and a second, you know, it's, it is high draft capital, but I think it is worth it, especially when you've had such coaching instability, instability um, that the Broncos have, and you're in such this, really tough position where okay you're coming off of a bottom five performance but this whole roster is built to win now you need a guy that has that winning pedigree so i think it's a good move for both sides um and yeah i mean i'm excited to see kind of what it looks like that's the thing though right now uh, the broncos have no draft capital um Mm -hmm. to improve exponentially anyways the the roster 
just looking on. So their first pick now this season, because of the Russell Wilson trade and this one, is going to be 67th. They have the Colts third round pick and their own. So they're going to pick 67, 68 in the third round. That's, that's a long way to wait for your first pick, but not as long as the 49ers, I should say, though. <laughs> um, yeah. They have to wait for their compensatory picks to get announced to see where they choose first. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I thought, I guess the the Panthers just weren't willing to do that because, that, like I said, I wanted Peyton for Carolina. Uh, but how about the Broncos last few weeks, right, the saga? Because we also have today Texans. They got their head coach, 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, making an official six-year contract for Ryans. Broncos last few weeks, though. So they zeroed in on D'Amico Ryans. Then they secretly tried to lure Jim Harbaugh from Michigan. I'm just quoting Ian Rappaport's tweet here. Then they negotiated a Sean Payton deal. They tried to hire Ryans again (laughs) to no avail. And then they finalized... The hire of Peyton today as their head coach. <laughs> so the Broncos were all over the place. Uh, just doing secret deals, making secret meetings. And the secrets panned out, I guess. We'll see. It's like that, you know, that meme where, like, there's fire all around the guy and he's like, this is fine. <laughs> That's what uh, that's what Greg Penner must feel like at, at this point. Um, the Dolphins and Chargers have new coordinators. The Dolphins, they hired former Broncos head coach Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator, which is interesting because he was supposed to be Sean Payton's defensive coordinator. But I don't know if like Payton just... I guess you couldn't bring him back to Denver, right? That's probably the biggest issue. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, has that been finalized now? But him going to the Dolphins because I know that there was some weird stuff with that too, where like he released before he had officially signed to anything, and then he said there hasn't been anything on my end. Um, uh, as far as I know, I haven't heard anything different, but I'm I, not sure. Uh, and the Chargers, Kellen Moore was uh, fired by the Cowboys for all of five minutes. And <laughs> yeah. L.A. called him up and said, hey, you want to work with Justin Herbert? And he said, hell yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the Chargers yeah. have f- hired former Cowboys offensive coordinator <laughs> Kellen Moore as their new O.C., getting into a very cushy situation there under Brandon Staley. Um I mean, that offense should maybe explode like we thought it was going to this year. Yeah, it's and it's really interesting because when Moore was fired, I saw a bunch of Cowboys fans rejoicing. Um, and I think this is just one of those things where it's like, just careful what you wish for. I mean, we're talking about someone, when you look at their offensive, how they finished each season with him as OC, They've been top 10 offenses. Um, I didn't like the firing. 
when it happened, I thought it was premature. Kind of felt like he was getting kind of scapegoated um, for kind of the performance against the Niners, who consequently have the best defense in the NFL. So, which is also, you know, a, a strange reason to fire someone over one game when we're already playing an insanely good defense. Um, but yeah, the Chargers said, let's not waste any time. Uh, and Callum Moore rightfully said, <laughs> like, you, like you just pointed out, yeah, I'd like to work with uh, this Justin Herbert guy. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. So uh, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see if, if Moore has kind of the keys that have been, and, and we've just kind of all been waiting, you know, mm-hmm. just can we finally unlock Justin Herbert? Because we all know the talent's there. I mean, he can do everything to be in that Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes tier, but they they need the coaching to kind of kind of help bring that out of them. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, I think it's uh, a fantastic hire by Brandon Staley as defensive coach. Um, and yeah, good luck. Dallas with uh, Mr. McCarthy calling the plays next year. <laughs> you know all about it. <laughs> all I'm going to say, this is what I will say. Because you're going to get good odds at it. Think about putting some money on Dak Prescott for MVP. Just off of pure volume. <laughs> Just off of pure volume. And uncertainty at the running back position, unless uh, unless Mike McCarthy's kind of learned from some of the mistakes, um, you know, it is <laughs> it is throwing the ball all over the field um, when he's kind of calling the plays. So we'll see. Uh, Colts head coach here. Looking at uh, Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen and Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. They both got second interviews. Um, They also added Packers special teams coordinator Rich Bisaccia to their list of interviews. Uh, The Cardinals head coach, they got a laundry list they've added to. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon. Bengals defensive coordinator Lou Anarumo, his first uh, interview there. Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan. And Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka. Coordinator interviews, Ravens offensive coordinator. uh, They're looking at Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. And Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi. Commanders also looking at Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Biennemi for their OC spot. And the Bucks, they are also looking at Georgia offensive coordinator Todd Munkin for their OC spot. That one I've heard is highly likely. I hope it does not happen. I would like to have Munkin uh, as we enter a new quarterback there in Athens. And then the 49ers, now that their defensive coordinator position is open, uh, they interviewed former Panthers interim head coach Steve Wilkes. He is still under contract with Carolina. Uh, but he doesn't have a position under Frank Reich right now. So it's kind of weird that they have, they have to ask permission. But uh, And then Titans pass game coordinator Chris Harris 
also uh, in contention there as they get their coordinator interviews underway. Injuries here. The Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. He underwent ankle surgery. He'll be fine for OTAs and everything. Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray, however, will not be fine. He is not expected to be ready for the start of 2023, which we kind of knew uh, would be the case. And it's just another another thing that Arizona, Arizona's got to think about this offseason. Just, you know, what's the contingency plan to, to start the season anyway? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I have to imagine that it's one of the reasons where Arizona might not be one of the sexiest spots right now, even though that they do have presumably their franchise quarterback is because even though they finished poorly this year, there does still feel to be a lot of expectations um, for this team. That's what happens when you have a franchise caliber quarterback, but it's not likely you're going to meet those expectations in year one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that whoever gets brought on as head coach is probably going to be looking for some assurances, you know, like, Hey, it's probably going to be tough split sledding to, to start out because we don't have our guy. Uh, the chargers, Kellen Moore's new quarterback, Justin Herbert, he had surgery, uh, to repair his torn labrum and his non-throwing shoulder there. Expected to be good for OTAs, though, so shouldn't be an issue there. Uh, Brock Purdy, though, he is severely injured, we learned from that hit by Hassan Reddick. Torn UCL in his throwing arm there, right elbow, uh, ulnar collateral ligament. Expected to be out six months after surgery, and they're looking to repair it. Not a complete uh, redo of the tendon, the ligament there, which would be Tommy John surgery, which would uh-huh. almost certainly knock him out for not the entire season, but uh, a good portion of 2023. Yeah, you know, and I and I just feel for him, um, you know, when you go from Mr. Relevant to in a position to take to the, the QB one of one of the most iconic franchises um, in the league for a coach who's one of the best in the league offensively. It's really special. And, and it sucks that this is not only going to hinder his chances, you know, as they evaluate him um, what he did this season, but going into next season, because he's going to miss like most training camp um, kind of mm. going into August um, so yeah, it's the, what the 49ers are going to decide at the quarterback position is going to dominate a lot of the discourse in the off season. And I don't envy, um, Mr. Lynch because that is a, uh, it is a tall task, uh, what they have. I think the decision has to be to re-sign Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, he's the only one that's not injured technically at this point because they said he was going to be good for the Super Bowl if they would have made it uh, even though he would have been the backup to Purdy uh, 
you know, you have Lance, you have Purdy both under contract. You re-sign Jimmy G. He can be Lance's backup or fight for the starting job. I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, you know, there's something to be said for running back that QB room because, I mean, it it is kind of fluky that just all three of them got injured. Um, Yeah. Uh, And then one last one, the Eagles left guard Landon Dickerson. He has a hyperextended right elbow. Expected to play in the Super Bowl and probably going to wear a brace on it, but no big issue there. And that's it. Next week, it is Super Bowl week. I'll be nauseous all week. <laughs> I don't have tickets, unfortunately, Logan. I couldn't make <laughs> the finances the, work. Uh, the UGA game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we will have next month, next Tuesday, we'll have the Senior Bowl recap, Pro Bowl recap. Not that there is anything to recap there, but we'll – talk about it i guess um and then we'll do a little bit of super bowl talk but we'll do that more on next friday show uh but we'll talk about super bowl x factors there on monday or tuesday i keep saying monday but this concludes the 150th monday slash tuesday shows it's been a great ride so far uh don't forget to follow us on all our social media at faa podcast on instagram and twitter faa underscore bets on twitter as well faa podcast.com is our website you can check us out here on youtube facebook spotify apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. thank you sir and have fun watching the pro bowl <laughs> we'll see you Absolutely. back on friday <laughs> <laughs>